The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome in to a Winning edition of the No Quarter Given Podcast. Four-game losing streak breaking edition of the No Quarter Given Podcast. A Bucks 20-6 win over the Tennessee Titans as the Bucks move to four and five on the year. Back in first place on the in the loss column uh, within the NFC South with New Orleans and Atlanta. I'm your host, Jason. Welcome in, Peter Blake. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, it feels good. I kind of forgot what Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday, Victory Week is all about. Uh, but it's nice to be on the winning side again. Yeah, uh, it was a good game, if you will. And uh, the spread was uh, fantastic as always. I had my uh, usual three to four plates. There you go, man. What was on the What was on the menu this week up in the press box? Uh, sirloin, uh, with some, uh, with some rice and gravy. And then, uh, you know, you had uh, breakfast out there, which was nice, uh, before then and, and some salad. So, you know, got everything, uh, in the press box. And then you got dessert, of course, at halftime. There you go. There you go. And even a bonus, you got to meet you and Paul Stewart and TJ all got to hang out post game over at the press box with, uh, I know you and Paul Stewart did a, uh, fine post game show from on the field. Yeah. Our Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com founder and uh, creator and all that good stuff. He's in the United States for, for the next few more days as he got to see the Bucks and the Tennessee Titans uh, on the Veterans Day, you know, the Veterans Weekend edition for the, for the game. So I know it was great to hang out, for you to hang out with Paul at the game. And then we all got together post-game by, by happenstance. It wasn't even an arranged thing. We all met up at the press, found each other at the press box, had a good little, had a good little uh, brotherhood, and had a good night. I love it. I absolutely love those tiny kind of times. You know, it takes me away from like bills and everything like that that we talked about off air. I love that. And then we had Brian Ford on the post game show. He actually came on and was talking about fan support and the Glazers and salute to <clears> service <throat> and the fans. So overall, it was just a great day. Just a great. Freaking day. If you don't know who Brian Ford is, Buck fans, he's the president basically of the of the franchise. He's basically one step below the Glazers. He's the Glazers, I mean, a, appointed guy to run the franchise, basically. So he is a pretty important guy. And that's that's a great get for you guys to get him on the postgame show. Yeah, chief operating officer, <laughs> they call him, yeah, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So yeah, it was great. And then we had, of course, Uncle TJ Reeves on giving uh his TJ recap uh, of the Bucks win. Yep. Obviously, go to the Nothing But Bucks podcast. That's TJ's post game, po- post day podcast that he puts out every Monday, recapping the Bucks uh, win or loss with audio and inter- his interviews from the locker room and all that kind of great stuff and audio from Gene and Dave up in the booth. So, excuse me. I'm a little, uh, my voice is a little cracking. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm going to make it through, Peter Blake. All right. There you go. Get it done, man. Get it done. All right. Man. 
So give me, give me, give me a little perspective of the crowd. What was the crowd like? I know it was veteran, kind of the Veterans Day salute to veterans and everything. I know they showed on TV. I was watching the TV copy. They had the uh, the helicopters flying over pregame. Give me a little sense of the crowd. I mean, the crowd was there. I wasn't. You know, a lot of people were thinking there were going to be a lot of empty, you know, uh, seats, but there wasn't. A lot of Bucks fans there, and then. Uh, Mr. Ford even pointed this out on our post-game show. Nobody left during the halftime show because they were doing the salute to service. So everybody was in their seats, standing up, patriotic. It was amazing. And I didn't see many Titan fans at all. I don't think the Titan fans were traveling. I don't think there's any Titan fans down here. So crowd was good. It was very good. I actually have a buddy of mine that I didn't get to connect with. He was he's one of the he's like the main equipment manager for the mm. Titans. Nice. The main equipment guy, guy I went to college with up in UAB. So uh, Joey Barranco. So that was a uh, shout out to my guy, Joey. So, uh, but he's, he's been with the Titans at least about 20 years. So he's, he is dialed in with the Titans and he's a, um, a stalwart in that uh, organization on the operation side, as far as the equipment side of things. All right, let's get to the game. Uh, again, slow start for the Buccaneers. Tennessee goes right down the field on the first drive, kick a field goal. Will Levis. Um, remember no Carlton Davis in the game. He was out with a toe injury hint, uh, wink, wink. Who knows? We don't know if that was a, <laughs> we don't know what the deal is with that was, but uh, obviously coming off the performance he had in Houston, but, uh, give Jamel Dean credit. We'll get to him in a little bit, but he played really well. Buccaneers defensively, much, much better. S- fundamentally sound that took the offense a little while to get going, but a nice job by that Buccaneer defense early on to keep him in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Got lots of pressure on Will Levis, which is uh, one of our keys to the game to win, of course, because they didn't do that the week before versus C.J. Stroud, who threw for, once again, a rookie record 470 yards. So you you weren't sure what to expect out of this game, but you definitely got pressure. Got pressure early from Shaq Barrett, of course, uh, Vita Vea. Uh, the usual suspects, and also even Devin White making an appearance yep. on a blitz there, with uh, which, yeah, I don't understand why you're not doing more of that during the season, but that's neither here nor there. It's good to see that uh, aspect of his game back. Sounds like the Buccaneers might have had a all-defensive kind of a team meeting where they kind of simplified maybe things on defense, maybe agreed to, hey, we're not a very good zone team. Maybe we're going to play a little more man-to-man. You saw more blitzing out of the Buccaneers. Devin White, your, to your to your comment, um, a little more man-to-man on the outside with with, with Dean and, and Zion McCollum and Winfield, those guys. They seem to be more comfortable when they're, when they're aggressive and they're blitzing than sitting back in those zones. Yeah, and I heard it wasn't just, uh, you know, it was the whole defense. It was all the defensive coaches. It was an organizational thing. Like, this was a big deal. It wasn't just, you know, players sitting down. It was like everybody coming yep. together and saying, you know what? What do we do best? And that's what it's all about. And maybe, who knows, maybe that saved their season. As crazy as it sounds, I get it. The Titans are not a great team, but it's the National Football League. You've got to win. People would sit here and criticize the Bucks if they lost to the Titans. So a win is a win, and maybe you saved your season because, uh, you know, it gets a little bit tougher here next week with the San Francisco 49ers. The Bucks deliver on defense four sacks with an interception and very easily could have had a couple more. Levante David dropped one that was pretty normal catch he normally makes. Jamel Dean dropped the ball in the end zone, which was a pretty basic, I thought, deflection could have should have turned into an interception. But they do come up with four sacks and a pick by Winfield. And Winfield's definitely going to the Pro Bowl. There's no doubt this guy's going to the Pro Bowl on defense. Yeah, I mean, that was basically the nail in the coffin. But you were kind of waiting for it all day long. And it could it, – it, 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 
you just knew it was going to be Winfield Jr. The way he's played all year long, he's played at a top level. He definitely deserves a contract extension. Everybody else, you got to make those interceptions when you have the opportunity. But, of course, Jason, that's the reason why they play defense in the first place. Yeah, usually the DBs don't have the best hands. So, uh, all right. Yeah, let's get to the offense. Again, slow start. They, you know, they moved the ball a little bit, just couldn't put it together. Baker missed a couple throws. We had some drops. We're going to get into Mike Evans and his kind of the drops he had. Uh, but the, the offense gets triggered. They they run a first. I can't remember the last time they busted a screen pass for this many yards. Rashad White hits a screen pass, goes 43 yards for a touchdown. Well designed, well blocked, no penalties. Good job there. Your your thoughts from the press box when you saw Jamel Dean going down the left sideline. I mean, you see him pressure in Baker's face. He gets rid of it. And then after that, a great block by Hansi uh, in space, which frees him up. And it was good to see. And again, uh, they seem like they found something uh, with White in space, especially when it comes to the passing game. So that was encouraging to see. Uh, we knew that he has, uh, you know, he has that speed. He has that agility. Good ball catcher can catch yeah. the ball well out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to do more of that, and they've done that the last couple of weeks. So that was an encouraging sign and a good thing, and it kind of got them the momentum because uh, early it was just it was tough to watch. Baker was having a tough game. The offense was having a tough game, but you know that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. Rough starts, slow starts. Uh, finally, they get it together in the second quarter. Mayfield ends up the, ends up with 278 passing, two touchdowns and a pick. He threw a terrible interception early in that game into triple coverage. That that's the Baker Mayfield that that gets him in big trouble when you try to do stu- I mean, you can't that's a, and I know it was third and long and end up being like a punt. I get it, but it's still just a terrible decision and you can't make that decision to be an NFL quarterback. Makes no sense at all. I don't understand it. A lot of people are calling it a punt, but and then you know, the Titans didn't do anything with it. They didn't score any points. but Not the point. That's not the point. Right. I just didn't understand the decision-making. That's what it comes down to. Statistics <clears throat> for the year, 14 touchdowns, five interceptions. But some of the ill-advised throws, you just you got to cut that out because it's going to cost you. It has this year. It's already costed them. It costed them in the Atlanta game. So don't understand the throw. Overall, though, I thought Baker was pretty sharp, pretty good, pretty accurate. Uh, hit some throws, missed some throws there in the third quarter, uh, which could have been game-changing. It really could have. More offensively, you, you kick a field goal at the end of the half to go up 10-3, and then you pin you pin Tennessee deep on about the 15-yard line. Bucks have all three timeouts, and Todd Bowles lets Tennessee run the clock out. Are you – those – I just – again – Rookie quarterback, you're playing well on defense. You got them pinned back, and you have your timeouts. Why do you let the clock? Why do you let them burn a minute, fifteen seconds? You could have got the ball back with fifty-five seconds left, potentially somewhere around your own forty-yard line. I didn't understand that one bit. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's his conservative nature, <clears throat> and that's the reason why you have so many question marks with Todd Bowles and this coaching staff in the first place, especially Bowles. This goes back to last year. You know, not having faith in Tom Brady, not having faith in the offense in the last two minutes of the game. What? Really? You don't have any faith in the offense? And I get it. You're happy to be up in that game, but you're exactly right. You have the Titans penned. You have three timeouts. Why not use them? And you stopped them on first down for like a one-yard gain. Like, what are we talking about here? This is two weeks in a row. So you would think and hope that this would change. But you would see, you would say, uh, you know, with history, would it, history is going to repeat itself. 
And it's, it's very frustrating to talk about because it's an ongoing thing that we continue to go over over and over again every week about Todd Bowles and clock management and not using timeouts and being conservative, not being aggressive <laughs> in those right situations. And that's what it comes down to. Football is a situational game. And in that situation, the Bucks have an opportunity to put more points on the board or at least maybe cause a turnover to give your offense a short field. And yet they don't do anything once again. All right, let's get to Mike Evans. Uh, Evans had a very up and down day. He ends up with six catches, 143. If you look at the box score, you think he had a great day. But if you watch the game, listen to it on the radio, he had two brutal drops. Obviously, he dropped, a, I mean, just a gimme touchdown. You know, you saw the frustration when he went off the field. But yet he makes a couple great catches on balls. One that was tipped over the middle, he ends up catching, and then, he, and then he's wide open for a bomb that Baker underthrows him. Then he comes back and makes a diving catch at the five-yard line. Just your thoughts of what a day for Mike Evans. I mean, it's been like that all year long, and and I kind of asked the question in the post game: is it a year where he's dropping more passes, or are we focusing more on that because of the contract situation? And I think – it, it could be a combination of both, right? I mean, maybe the contract situation is distracting him. There's no way that's a distraction, bro. When you're in the game, you're not thinking about your contract when you're running a slant route in the end zone and you're wide open. I don't know. I don't know what's on the man's mind, but I know yeah. that he's pretty upset in the offseason. I know there's all kinds of reports out there that he wanted money and he was disappointed. And, and maybe that's the reason why he's dropping so many passes this year. In fact, I think – uh, somebody threw out a statistic that this is like uh, the most drops he's had since his rookie year, something along those lines. So it's not just, you know, my imagination. He is dropping lots. Of I mean, he's slumping. There's no, yeah, I mean, he's been in a small so, catching slump. When we're sitting here and talking about this <laughs> thing that changed this year, the, the contract situation has changed. It really hasn't. He's getting paid his money. It's not like he's getting paid less money. But what, but, all throughout the years, you don't have this problem besides maybe his rookie year. So what's what has changed? The contract situation. That is what's changed. And I think he's definitely – I think it's definitely having an effect on his play. I do. All right. A couple little uh, roster moves there. Uh, we saw – you and I have been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. We didn't want to see any more Keyshawn Vaughn, and he was inactive. Chase Edmonds got the number two carries. Sean Tucker looked like was was up as well, so I like that move out of the Buccaneers. Give you know eighty percent of the carries need to be going to Rashad White. Give Chase Edmonds three, four, five carries maybe if things are going well. But Rashad White needs to be your bell cow. No, I agree, and I would like to see even less of Chase Edmonds too. I like to see more of Sean Tucker because every time Edmonds gets the ball. Uh, he's like Action Traction or Action Jackson. You remember uh, Dexter Jackson? Not the one who won the MVP, the one that got drafted by John Gruden. App State, little receiver out of App State. Yeah, App State. Every time he got the ball, he fell down. That's exactly right. what it's like to watch Chase Edmonds. And you would be able to find out that information on buckpower.com. No doubt. That's, yeah, all your former Bucks drafted players, video clips, Career stats for Dexter Jackson and everybody else in the Bucks franchise history, buckpower.com. I know Paul Stewart's been in town all week. He, guess who he played golf with today? Steve DeBerg. 
Steve DeBerg, the former Parnell Dickinson, the uh, former Buccaneer as well. But Steve DeBerg, who a lot of us know, still lives in the Tampa Bay area, a longtime NFL quarterback, played for the Bucs on two or three different occasions. But, yeah, I know Paul played a little golf with uh, Steve DeBerg this uh, this week, so good for Paul. I know it was, today was a nasty day in Tampa. It was a rainy and icky day. But, you know, that's that's kind of Paul's weather in England. He's used to that those rain and those wind and all that stuff. It was a pretty nasty day on the golf course, I'm sure, today. But any day on the golf course is usually better than a day at the office, right? Absolutely. I agree with you. I would settle for that than uh, being at the office, which, by the way, I work at home. And the weather is just making me want to go to sleep. And then talking to customers all day long makes me also want to go to sleep uh, and just turn off the computer, probably throw the laptop out the window. But you talk about Steve DeBerg. I remember him from my days of asking, questions uh from the st p times of how it feels to be the oldest quarterback in the nfl at that point i believe that was around 93 it's about 14 years old i remember that so yeah. remember he was on the 98 atlanta team that went to the super bowl right. and then losing to, to the to denver in miami who was the starting quarterback that also played for the bucks at that yeah one chris chandler thank there you, you very go. much there you go you traded a number one pick what in the 90s once again more information that you can find out on buckpower.com. Or listen to this podcast. We, we we bust it out for you too, baby. That's it. That's what we do. We'll throw of it. All right. So not, not a lot to talk about in the second half. Pretty, pretty, pretty ho-hum. Run the, I won't say run the clock out, but a pretty very Tennessee had no chance to win that game. Once the, once the game got more than double digits, that game was over. There was no, you know, Tennessee wasn't scoring twice. Give Jamel Dean credit. He shut down DeAndre Hopkins, held him to like 27 yards receiving. He played really well at corner. They We talked about it last week. They were going to throw some jump balls, and they did that, and Jamel Dean did a nice job staying, staying with uh, not committing pass interference. He had a nice deflection in the end zone. Kudos to Jamel Dean for his performance on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, in my opinion, probably his best game of the season. He really showed up, and that's the reason why you signed him to a contract extension in the first place, and you didn't know what to expect. Once again, it goes back to the Houston game with a bunch of no-name wide receivers with 100 yards. Carlton Davis out, possibly your best corner, and Jamel Dean comes in and, and does what Dean needs to do, shuts down a DeAndre Hopkins who, you know, by the way, somebody has to uh, tell him that uh, the scoreboard, the Bucks at the time when he was doing the gravedigger thing in the end zone, uh, the scoreboard was showing Bucks were winning 17-6, to six, so I don't yeah. know what he was doing what why he was doing that, but that whole grave digger, grave digger thing, not working out for you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Bucks go to four and five, 20 to six W over the Tennessee Titans. One more note I want to add is, let's give this Buccaneer offensive line some credit for their pass protection. I think all year long, if you really, if we're, if we're honest, they've been above average in the pass protection department. Not as great in the run game yet. But the pass protection has been pretty, pretty solid, I think, from one to five across the, that offensive line. Completely agree. I mean, Tristan Wirfs has definitely transitioned over to most likely the best left tackle in the league. Luke Gedeke has been a, uh, a pleasant surprise. But I honestly thought, you know, shifting him over to his natural position would help him out. And then everybody else is that interior line, still big time question marks. But overall, uh. line has done pretty solid job of keeping Baker uh, clean. Uh, you look at it. Baker also has had to escape a lot of sacks, so maybe that number, you know, could well, be- that's part of the that's part of the job. That's right. part of the job. 
Right. And, and, and I think we found a left guard. I think Stinney's going to keep that job over Matt Filer for the time being. He's played pretty well. Um, the uh, Again, not uh, – there was a couple of offensive penalties, but a much better job. No pre-snap stuff, false starts. And part of that's a function of being at home. I get it. But uh, much better job by Cody Mock and Gedeke for not jumping off sides. And, again, Haynes, he's doing a good job there, uh, quarterback in that offensive line from the center spot. And then, you know, kudos to the defensive line to shut it down Derrick Henry because that was a big-time match yep. that we looked at. He didn't get over 100 yards, and I didn't even think he got 50 yards. He was no – impact in that game for the titans which was encouraging to see once again if that's the staple of your defense to stop the running game you did that last sunday versus the tennessee titans and a guy that todd bowles has mentioned is going to get more and more playing time played more and more in this game excuse me and you're going to see him more and more moving forward and maybe at the expense at the expense of jts yaya diaby yeah, I don't know why it's taken so long, but Yaya Diaby should be stealing reps away from JTS, especially with him sometimes just being invisible on this defense. I like the potential of this kid. You saw Kalisha Cansey uh, cause havoc. This kid is going to be really good. He's just going to get better and better. Like, I'm not just excited about this year, like the remaining part of this year, but next year. His development, you see the film. It's, it's how about crazy. how about Vita Vea playing defensive end and walking Andre Dillard back into into Levis for the sack? What a they showed that on on a lot of social media clips around the NFL and boy, what a job by Vea playing defensive end basically, just bull rushing into that creating that sack against Will Levis. Yeah, absolutely. And then how about the time where Baker Mayfield fumbles the ball? Tristan Worfs picks yeah. it up in the last two minutes. He's running with the ball with reckless abandon. And, of course, he couldn't advance the ball uh, because it was, you know, two minutes in uh, there, so you're not able to do that. But who knows? You know, maybe they get to an opportunity there where you can run Tristan Wirfs. Boy, he seemed like a natural when he was doing that. Everybody was laughing about that in the press box. All right, Buck fans, we're going we're gonna to take a minute break. We're going to go to Paul Stewart. God, I'm sorry with our montage of the San Francisco 49ers. And when we come back, we will give you a little preview of the 49er game on the road in San Francisco on Sunday. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes after Paul Stewart's BuckPower.com montage of the San Francisco 49ers and Buccaneer rivalry. We'll be back in just a minute. As we roll into the holiday season of November and December, and you are looking to either buy a gift or potentially go in person to see your favorite NFL game, college football, Major League Baseball, the World Series is wrapping up, NHL season is just underway, and now the NBA. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go for tickets on the secondary market. Whether it's the app, the Ticketsmarter.com app, it is the ideal place to buy tickets on the secondary market. And I've got a special code for you to save you some money. Powers10 is the code. Use Powers10 if you want to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more, or you can use the code POWERS20 and save $20 on a $300 purchase. Again, you can use this code as many times as you'd like all over the country, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the college football season wrapping up, bowl games, college football playoff, whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com and the Ticket Smarter app is the place to go. Many years, the Buccaneers were the Washington Generals to the San Francisco 49er Globetrotters, always getting hammered, always giving up a ton of fantasy points to the likes of Steve Young and Jerry Rice. 
But since the uniform change in 1997, the honours have been pretty evenly split. The 1980 road game in Candlestick Park was memorable, as for the first 20 years of Buccaneer football, this was the only win on the West Coast. Jerry Eckwood had a 35-yard touchdown run, and Doug Williams ran one in himself, but the Bucks still found themselves down by two in the fourth quarter. Williams took them 68 yards on 16 plays, including completing a fourth and nine pass to Ricky Bell before kicker Garo Yaprimian won it with a 30-yard field goal inside the final minute. The Bucks took a late 16-13 lead in the Week 2 game in 1989, and in the early days of British TV coverage, host Mick Luckhurst gave out that the Buccaneers had actually won. Unfortunately, Joe Montana scoring one with 40 seconds left spoiled the party, but Mick did call me the next day to apologise on behalf of all the British Buccaneer fans. The 1994 game at Candlestick was memorable for many reasons. It was Trent Dilfer's first start, and it also saw the first two-point conversion in team history when Craig Erickson found Horace Copeland at the end of another 49er blowout. But this game saw the ultimate trivia note. The Bucks played 16 games that season, but quarterbacks started 17. How did that happen? Well, Sam Weish had Erickson line up as a wide receiver in a trick formation in this game. Naturally, it didn't succeed as Vince Workman lost four yards on the carry. The 2010 season saw Raheem Morris take his Buccaneers into San Francisco and they recorded a rare road shutout, only the fifth in franchise history. Now I have to show this clip because Donald Penn knows where I live. Garrett Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman looks, throws, that's a touchdown! Donald Penn on a tackle eligible play. The left tackle calls in the touchdown. And as we've already mentioned, the first game in the pewter colours was a win over the 49ers. I have to show this clip because Dave Moore knows where I live as well. Second down and goal from the one. Dilfer out of the pocket, and it's a touchdown to the tight end, Dave Moore. And Tampa Bay's got the lead. The Bucks and the 49ers have only met once in the postseason, but it was a pretty memorable win for the Bucks. 2002, the first step on the road to the Super Bowl. Now, I was calling this game for British television. It was a very enjoyable three hours in the studio doing this one. It's third and one. He's in a tight end position. This is all stuff. It's set blocking. Touchdown. Third down and seven. This is Jeremicius. And that's a touchdown. Seven and a half to go in the half. Johnson fires end zone Dudley for the touchdown. What a start for Brad Johnson. Easy touchdown, All-Stars. Now, the Bucks will be serious underdogs on the West Coast this week, just like they were back in 1980, and that one turned out pretty well for Tampa Bay. But win or lose, you'll be able to read all about it on BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single-family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? 
If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, Buck fans, we're back. Hopefully you enjoyed the montage by Paul Stewart, who uh, gave you a little chronicle of the Bucks 49ers rivalry. There's been some great moments over the years with the with the Bucks, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. They I, I remember they played here a long time ago. Kickoff a year. We've had Steve Young. We we played them in a playoff game before. So a lot of history with the 49ers. Bucks go to San Francisco. 49ers came off a bye last week and manhandled and throttled the Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to 3, 34 to 3, a in a very impressive performance on the road in Jacksonville. A daunting task for the Buccaneers as they head to San Francisco, Peter Blake. Yeah, big time daunting task. A team that, uh, you know, look, is the class of the NFC. Either them or the Philadelphia Eagles are the best two teams in this conference. And with that being said, you have Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, Brendan Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey, an offensive line that's healthy. They're relatively healthy. So this is a big time challenge for this defense. Your hope that. Uh, this Bucks defense is 100%, and the big-time matchup that I'm looking at is that offensive line, especially those tackles versus the likes of Nick Bosa and Chase Young. I'm looking at you, Tristan Wirfs, and Luke Gedeke, who, by the way, is banged up. So if he doesn't – Got a foot injury. Yep, got a foot injury. Matt Filer would be at the right tackle spot. No, no, he would not. No, I, no. I, I, I heard that was that – was Really? Uh, okay. Well – Matt Filer. Matt <clears throat> You said it best. If Matt Filer's there at right tackle, I don't necessarily feel so good in the first place, but now I feel even worse because Chase Young and Nick Bosa are going to be at that side. I think when you look at this matchup, I think from the Buccaneers' perspective offensively, if you can get some pass protection, the weakness of this 49er team would be the corners. You have to throw the ball down the field to Evans and Godwin, Trey Palmer. You're not going to run the ball much on this, and I know you want to try to establish a run. I get it. But the odds of you running on this defense aren't great. You got this has got to be a throwing game for Baker Mayfield. A creative passing uh, designed by Dave Canales. You got to throw the ball down the field to Evans and Godwin. Try to get some pass interference calls. They're they're pretty aggressive at corner. They they're not great at corner. So to me, I think this is where you, you have an opportunity to make some hay. It will be deep balls down the field to those guys and Kate Otten. We didn't see much of him last week. Again, you got to occupy those safeties in order to be able to throw the ball outside to Godwin and Evans. And that's why it's so important because it's simplistic to me that offensive line has to do a good job of giving Baker Mayfield that necessary time so you can find those wide receivers. If not, it could definitely be a long day once again. And, and again, get 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 Rashad White out in the passing game. Again, you're not going to run the ball between the tackles against these guys. It's going to be swing passes, isolate him on the linebackers. Hopefully he can beat Warner. They've got great linebackers. But again, Rashad White's a good good player in space, and I think that's the way the Buccaneers are going to be able to score the ball offensively. Defensively, remember last year they got just destroyed by Brock Purdy in his first start. 
They just got manhandled on all fronts. You heard Todd Bowles in the press conference say, we learned some things that we didn't do worth a flip last year against them. So it'll be some interesting to see what the what the game plan is, how they come out and attack this 49er offense who got all their weapons back. Debo's back, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Trent Williams, the most elite left tackle in the game. Can, can Shaq Barrett hold up to Trent Williams? That's going to be an interesting matchup. Or do you put a Diaby out there to try to – you know, Diaby's the physical guy. You try to put Diaby out there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, why not Diaby? Why not uh, see more? Vita Vea. Maybe you put Vita Vea out wide to yeah. occupy Trent Williams. Mar- Marquise Watts. I mean, he got some playing time. He showed some flashes of brilliance. So these kids, they need to start. They need to play because <laughs> they're producing and they're limited amount of time more than the guys that are starters like, you know, JTS and Nelson, guys like that. You need to get those other guys the starts, and I think it's definitely a point. I mean, uh, Diaby, to me, is going to be the eventual starter of this team. And you got to turn the ball over here. This has got to be a strip game where you got to create some strips and fumble situations. They run a lot of crossing routes, so there's opportunity after the catch on these crossing routes to strip the ball out, things like that. So you have to be opportunistic here. You got to be aggressive with the, with the strips and the punch outs. Uh, and when, when he throws you one – you got to catch it. We did that. We have. We didn't do a great job catching the ball last week. But if he throws you a ball that's catchable, you got to intercept the ball if you're that Buccaneer secondary because or Levante if, David too. Because if you don't, you give a uh, second opportunity to the 49ers, and they're too good to be given second opportunities. Yep. They're, they're just too good. And you got to play nearly a perfect game versus what you once again one of the top upper echelon teams. You didn't do that this year versus the Philadelphia Eagles at Raymond James Stadium. In fact, you know, the score looked kind of close, but it was more of a, a, a blowout dominating fashion by the Eagles. Hopefully they get out to a fast start, but I, I just, I know what this Bucks team is at this point. They don't get off to fast starts. And if they don't do That's that. That's the other part. You can't be down 14 to nothing with three minutes left in the first quarter either. You got to stay in the game. I feel like I'm watching the USF Bulls every game when I watch the Bucks. You know, they're down 14, and then here they come clawing back, or they get a slow start. It's just it's crazy. Both both teams, you know, USF, problems on offense starting off. Defense can't get off the field, can't get starts, although they beat Temple uh, the other day. But they struggled. Well, the Houston um, game they scored, it came out firing in Houston. Yeah. Maybe a road, maybe the road scenario gives them a little advantage. Maybe it's a sleepy crowd in San Francisco early. Who knows? Again, maybe maybe with them beating us handily last year and having a convincing win last week, maybe they're maybe they're overlooking the Buccaneers a little bit. Remember, they got the Eagles coming up. They got some division games coming up. Maybe you, maybe you catch them sleepwalking for a half and you can jump out seventeen to seven or something like that. You got to start fast because you can't be down fourteen to nothing first quarter. Agree. All right, Peter Blake, one more thing we'll talk about. We'll get your prediction. Your guy, the punt god,'s got to punt a little better. They got to they got to win the special teams battle, whether it's a return, field position, two bad punts, two bad pooch punts by your boy, the punt god. Again, he gets a break. He's had, he's had a good year, really good year, but you can't be kicking 18-yard, 20-yard punts when you can pin them inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I don't, I don't know if that was by design or it's what, technique. It was, it was a bad. I'm watching the game. It's bad drops. It's just. I mean, it's not hard to do if you if you're not careful. It's it's bad. It's it was just bad punt technique is what, and it creates bad punts. That's it's 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 a technical thing. Just like a why, just like throwing the ball. You got to throw the ball a certain way. Your footwork. It's all the same thing. Kicking a ball. You, your your footwork's bad. You're not going to punt the ball very good. Uh, I tell you right now. Hopefully, we're not talking about the punt god. Right. Next- 
because if we are, then that means that offense struggled. So I'd rather not talk about him, but you're exactly right. He didn't have a good game versus the Titans. He's got to be better. All three phases of the game have to play a perfect game versus the 49ers. And let's be let's run a trick play here, Todd Bowles. Run a fake punt. Run a go, you know, be aggressive on fourth down if it's fourth and one or two. Don't again. This is the game, Todd. You got it. This is you got to utilize the opportunities that you have. Be a little more aggressive here. Run a trick play. Run a double reverse. We we you know we ran the we ran the reverse or the the flea flicker against Houston. You mentioned it last week. Evans is wide open on the film. Baker throws it to K. Dot, who's covered. You got it. Throw it to the right guy. Yep. All right, give me a prediction, Peter Blake. You go. You go first. I'm going 24-23. Chase McLaughlin game winner at the gun. I'm he's been, by the way, he's been tremendous, by the way, for the Buccaneers. McLaughlin kicking the ball. 47-yard field goal at the gun. Buccaneers win 24-23. I'm not so optimistic as you are. I'm going to go 31-10, uh, 49. Okay. All I, right. I, I just haven't seen enough. I, I like where the Bucs are going, but I think the 49ers are just – they're just too good at what they're talking. But who knows? Maybe I've been wrong before. And so. let, let's do a quick glance at the schedule. You got four division games left, and you got four non-division games. You got Jacksonville, San Francisco, Indianapolis at Green Bay. You got to win. You either have to beat Green Bay or Indianapolis. One of those two you have to win to me. Yeah, you should. You win. have to beat Carolina twice to me. And you have to at least split with Atlanta and New Orleans. That gets you to eight wins. Can eight and nine wins? But that's a minimum what you have to do to still be in this race. If, if you lose the 49er game, not the end of the world, but you can't then go lose to Indianapolis. You have to you have to win the Indianapolis or the Green Bay game, if not both on the road. And then you have to beat Carolina twice. You have to. That's the only the only pathway I see to a division title for the Buccaneers. And I certainly think it's possible. And I thought, you know, 10 and seven at the beginning of the year. Nine and eight is going to win that division, bro. Okay. It may. It may. Absolutely. But and you get to nine. Stuff. You got to get to nine. Carolina's two. New Orleans, I think it's a winnable game now with Carr out. For that's three. Atlanta, or I mean, Green Bay or Indianapolis, that's four. Can you, that's four. That's eight. I get you to eight. Can you beat the other team? Can you beat Jacksonville? Could you beat it? One of those three, you got to win. Uh, Jacksonville will be tough, but they're not necessarily playing. Home game, though. It's a home game. That's true. All right, 24-23 for me, 31-10 for San Francisco for Peter. Give give the audience a quick update, all your great work. Uh, all your, I know you did a post game on the field. Tell, where, tell everybody where you're going to be uh, with J.B. Peters and show and such. I don't know where we're going to be on Sunday. We may be at the patio. We may not be, but definitely tune in to the sports web, like, and follow on YouTube. And, of course, on Facebook. And go friend me there at Peter H. Blake. Tune in on Wednesdays, uh, Wednesday mornings from 10 to 12 on the J.P. Peterson Show. And, of course, the evolution of sports talk television. And if you're in the Tampa Bay market or the Orlando market and you get this on Thursday, i.e. Thursday the, four, the 16th, check me out. Spectrum Sports, 10.30 p.m. We're talking Bucks and what the Bucks have to do to me and Roy Cummings, talking what they have to do to win the division. So Spectrum Sports 360, 10.30 p.m., Thursday night in the Tampa Bay and Orlando markets, Powers on Sports podcast, this podcast, Florida Football Insiders podcast, for all of our good stuff. Peter Blake, let's yes, make sir. it two in a row, my man. Uh, sounds good to me. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll see. We will definitely see.
All right, Buck fans, appreciate you finding us. We will see you next time on the No Quarter Given Podcast, part of the BuckPower.com Podcast Network. Paul Stewart, safe travels back to jolly old England. I don't want to see you on CNN and no plane crash or nothing. Good travels. He's having a fun week in Tampa. We're going to hopefully try to get together before he gets out of town. But again, safe travels back to England. Paul Stewart, thanks for all you do for us. BuckPower.com, check it out. Buccaneers, let's make it two in a row and get to 500, okay? Let's do it, Bucks. Here we go. See you next time. No quarter given podcast. Go, Bucks. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another no quarter given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com Podcast Network.